excited to be here with Frank Giampaolo. You're um, one of my favorite authors, and you have uh, impacted my coaching career massively, and I know that you've impacted the careers of so many others, so I just want to thank you for your time to speak to us today. Um, Frank, thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. Hey, Jenny, I wanted to um, congratulate you, because uh, remember the first time we met, I think it was at strokes so 
we'll nail that thing so everybody can go to his home with, with their book and they'll be able to kind of customize their lessons a little, a little bit more. I, I think that this is such a huge part of coaching, and I think it's a part that maybe hasn't gotten all the attention that it has needed um, yeah. you know, I appreciate players like, you know, Marty Fish coming out and speaking to anxiety and, and even Chilich um, in the, the finals last year speaking about his anxiety. And I think, you know, these are some of the best players in the world. I mean, their strokes are great. You know, we're not talking about their technique, but we're talking about like they felt paralysis because of some performance anxiety. And so I think that as coaches, this is an area of education where we we need help. We do, and uh, the way I like coaches to look at their students' game is the same way we would look at our computers. We look at our computer. There's hardware, screens, the buttons, and then software, the product, the programs. And in tennis, in my opinion, athleticism, which is of course mandatory, you need, sure. you need strokes, you get pretty good athlete. And the software is mental and emotional. And for me, the mental game is the excess of nose of strategies. And the emotional component, like you just said, is how do you handle your performance anxieties? Right. Fear and nervousness. And we have everybody chokes and panics, but sure. do we have the do we have our triggers? You know, in sports psychology we call it, you know, the triggers, the verbal and physical triggers to combat choking. And, and still get through a match. So that's what I kind of want the coaches to kind of dig into a little bit. Yeah. And so that's always exciting for me. I mean, I just love that because, I mean, drawing on my own experience, I mean, I remember playing um, in college matches or junior matches even and thinking I'm doing everything I can and nothing's working and then there's a level of panic. And then... Yeah. And now I don't know what to do, and I don't know even how to how to even do the stuff that I think I know how to do. And so I think, you know, I love how you talk about your patterns and your plan A and your plan B, because I didn't necessarily have, and I had great coaches, so I don't mean, you know, to speak ill of any, any of my coaches. I had great coaches. But I think that the more that we can talk about, here's what you do in this situation, and here's what you do against this type of player. I mean, those kind of offerings that you're bringing light to, I mean, I wish I had had that. I, 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 if I could go back, maybe I wouldn't have panicked. <laughs> you know, I just, I just got off the phone um, with, uh, if you remember this guy's name is Johan Brilliant Opens. Oh, yeah. Top five of them. And I've been back to his academy helping a little bit. And oh, cool. It, it was Great compliment, and he says to me, he goes, man, if I had you as my coach, I would have won 10 Grand Slams, ah. so, which is obviously what a great compliment to hear from somebody that, sure. I just think, I think we get to start to look into these components, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll never forget, I, I was working with a, a player not too long ago that was a phenomenal athlete, but had not played a lot of other sports, and one day it was sort of bad weather and we went in the gym and we were going to shoot some basketball and here's this kid that is this phenomenal athlete and he had literally never shot a basketball. And now I'm a terrible basketball player, but I was like, how, how, how is this, how is this possible? It's like, you know, so even the other sports playing other sports, I mean, how do you feel about sort of specialization and the, the, 
how good it is to have athletic skills from other sports. What's your take on that? Well, I, I think it's pretty um, important that they do play multiple sports growing up. I know all the top kids that I've worked with, they did play basketball, soccer, certain flexible skills sports where you have to make millisecond decisions. Right. <laughs> you know, you're reading things like ball speeds, trajectories, and that's huge. It really transfers. So I think it's pretty meaningful that we let our athletes play different sports. Um, I know Sam Curry played basketball um, until even like high school. And a, a lot of kids were incredible soccer players before they jumped into tennis. So, and you know, even remember when, when you and I were together at Birmingham at Davis Cup, you watch these guys like Johnson Query, is there, they're dunking basketballs. <laughs> when they play golf, they shoot par, and, and they're so competitive. Stevie would have told me a story, even when they go out to dinner, they all throw down their credit card, at, at, if there's three credit cards, two that are down, don't have pay, the guy that is up, he's for dinner. So That's they're competitive great. with everything. That's great. That's great. Wow. So what would you tell a coach that has maybe never kind of broached this realm? Maybe never. What would you say to a coach that is just going to start goals or, or kind of delving into the idea of not just technique? What, what, where would you say to start? I say the, the, the start is get a customized evaluation of the, of the athlete because everybody's wired different. And we talk about personality profiles and how, I mean, obviously some humans are very patient, some are impatient. Um, and there are a bunch of different you know categories when it comes to personality profiling. But there's a reason why some kids are push retrievers. It fits their cognitive processing. Some kids want to get to the net, they want to make things happen, they're not happy retaliating, they want to really instigate, so we got to figure out how kids are wired, that's a great start right there, um, but really, if you remember the old saying, that even when, you know, when you and I, we do groups, you ask kids, what are their, you know, what are their goals, and they go, man, I want to be number one at UCLA, and you go, well, what's your plan, and they go, wait, what, and I go, well, you don't have goals, you only have a dream. And to make the dream a goal, you have to have a deliberate, customized plan. Right. And so that's, that's a great way to start, I think. Okay. And one of the things that um, I think is, is making a tremendous difference in, in the industry and, and needs to continue to make bigger waves is quick education. Um, I mean, I love your Tennis Parent Bible. You know, we're, we're going through it chapter by chapter here in Alabama, but um, and I've, I've, you know, it's mandatory reading for everybody I work with. I go, okay, you, you have to get this. We have to be able to do this. Um, so where, where do you see um, that now and where do you see it in the future as far as parent education and what we can do to get better? I think the beauty is that it's starting to really catch on. And, I, and I've been doing this since 1998, this, this system. And interesting for me, even some of the top people in the industry, then would tell me, you're a fool, you cannot help parents, they don't want to be helped, <laughs> I, I buy it. I'm like, no, I think they really are incredibly great people, they just are not educated. Right. And so, 
had you such a great news yesterday that in China they're gonna they're gonna take that same book that you have and, and they're making it uh, into the Chinese language. Wow! So Congratulations. Yeah, and we're gonna do a bunch of um, conferences and seminars in China this year. Wow! That should be fun, and it's just really catching on. I mean, even when I did the PTR Wimbledon conference uh, after that, now they're doing tennis parent education, and uh, it was probably not quite as popular. A lot of the countries I go to, they have a typical policy of, uh, well, you probably know the idea of just drop off your kids, don't come on the court, yeah, yeah. don't talk to us. Right. And I think they're dying out. Good. You want to hear I a hope fun- so. <laughs> Here's a funny joke from when I was at the, uh, doing the Australian Open conference. We were talking about what kind of tennis, you know, parents are good, what kind of athletes are good, and a coach says, the best athletes for me are orphans. <laughs> and I, go, I go, why? Because they don't have any parents. <laughs> and, that, he was, and I thought he was joking and he was serious. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. What a take. Wow. But, yeah, so thank you so much for spreading that word. I think it's it helps the harmony. And even coaches, i got to admit, when the parents are involved, they're going to actually help your program. Oh. Tremendous. It's so, yeah. it's so meaningful, isn't it, to kind of form an entourage, that synergy. So, well, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, I think even just kind of on the heels of the Australian Open with, with Roger thanking, you know, Mirko, he thanks his wife, he thanks his team, he says, you know, his sex, his success is so, he, he speaks to, it wouldn't happen without all the support from all these people in his entourage. And, and I just love that because you're like, yeah, I mean, it really does take that relationship with, with you know, for us in, in the junior world or, or whatever, that the, that relationship between a coach and a parent and a player or, you yeah. know, but you have, that entourage is is such a good foundation and, and without it, you know, it's a lot tougher. <laughs> uh, I, um, I agree. I agree. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun this next year, so really kind of still banging on that door of parent education, and uh, and then also with these kind of fun books with coaches, I, I love this idea too of just kind of helping coaches go to the next realm, and of, you know, like you say, like tackling mental and emotional, yeah. so. Yeah, well, Frank, this I, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day, but <laughs> is there anything else you want to say just as far as PTR Week or Indian Wells um, to the folks out there um, watching? Yeah. Oh, the Indian Wells. Well, yeah, let's go through it. Indian Wells is yeah. um, obviously a week or so, no, a month after, right? It's, um, it's close, like yeah, a couple weeks, yeah. Through. Well, in Indian Wells, I'm going to be giving away a different book, which is, I'm going to oh, show wow. you this. Oh, wow. Oh, how cool. Okay. This is going to be a whole different seminar topic, okay. but it's called Neuroplasticity, and we're going to cover some of the things in that seminar, of course, on my side of the world now, because we're California, right? But, <laughs> um, I'll give you a good example of neuropriming. It's just really a, a fancy term for, you know, mental injury, mental rehearsals, and um, what I'm trying to get coaches to do it's really been very successful for me is uh, have athletes write down their actual script of stroke mechanics and then also the emotional realm and then 
single strategies, double strategies, and these different scripts, they're going to customize it with the coach. They read it into their cell phone, and then they listen to these audio tapes at night and before matches. So, you know, before matches, we've all, like, we've all warmed up our strokes. Yeah, yeah. And jumped rope, but we don't warm up our mental and emotional. Well, that's key, in my opinion, priming those solutions. It's kind of like getting the all the answers to the math test before you go into the math test. Absolutely. And, uh, it's kind of based on self-coaching and inner dialogue, uh. which, which I know that you know that's huge. I'll give you the example. Just yesterday, I'm on the court with a 15-year-old girl that's one of the top California girls, and she's sparring with a, a girl going to UCLA next year. So this girl's 17. So they're at 4-4 on serve sparring, both playing lights out great. Right at 4-4, the 15-year-old girl double faults three times. Uh. Loses serve, loses the set. So we just sit down and we talk about what happened, what was your internal dialogue? And she came, she came clean, which is pretty cool. And she says, "I started to say, don't double fall, don't mess." Oh. <laughs> yeah. But she went from playing to win to playing not to lose on the emotional realm. And you know, like in sports psychology, we call it the law of attraction. But if I had somebody say, "Don't think about hot pepperoni pizza. Don't <laughs> think about pepperoni pizza. Don't think about pepperoni pizza." What do they think about? Pepperoni pizza. It comes right. So, with this guy, we're trying to flip her internal dialogue from don't double fall to some solutions. Like, what are positive solutions? And that's what neuropriming is all about. Um, when I did it with some of the Harvard men's players, uh, one of them said that they went from making 18 to 20 unforced errors a match to under 10. Once they started doing their mental rehearsals. Wow. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, having the solutions for the mental and emotional, like how to stop choking, how to stop panicking, that's meaningful. Oh. Me and matches. So that's the Indian Wells topic. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I definitely don't want to miss that one. And no one else should either. <laughs> wow. That is a special topic. So I'm going to bring a bunch of books, too, because I, I, for me, I, I like the idea when we do these you know, awesome conferences. I love the PowerPoint idea, but I like it even better if we can give coaches something to take home. Yes. So when they have their own book. Uh, so anyway. That yeah. is, wow. Like I said, I feel like I could, I think we, I could talk to you forever. But thank you so much for taking a few minutes to, to speak to these conferences yeah. and your presentations and I'm um, really looking forward to catching up with you and, and Hilton Head in, in, a, in a week. It's like two weeks away. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this should be fun. Right, take care of yourself. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>